Hi there, welcome to Falling Up Radio. I'm really excited today to get to our guest, but first I'm going to mention a couple of things. This is January 2019, and I've officially called this month Yoga Month because we're going to have a whole bunch of different yoga guests on telling us about their experience and, and how they transformed and how they overcame different things in their life through the practice of yoga. Um, so, you know, we really focus on, you know, really helping people uh, discover their dreams, who they are, overcoming things, and with the idea that, you know, to really have a good life, we have to fall down first, and, and all of us struggle, all of us have those life challenges that, that go on, so we're talking about how to do that. We're bringing you the best experts how to do that. Sometimes it's edgy, sometimes it gets pretty wild, sometimes it might even seem impossible. But we just ask you to, to give it a shot. And I want to tell you, all my guests have personally burned and crashed where I wouldn't have them on because I want to crash and burn. You know? Maybe it's just the excitement, the drama, I don't know. But, you know, I've crashed and burned myself. And if you go to, uh, there's a couple different places, but if you just go to fallingupradio.com, if you're not watching this here already, you can get a free copy of my number one book. And this is all about my crashing and burning and, and how I almost died and drank too much and they were going to cut off my legs and all this crazy stuff that happened. And, you know, eventually I literally stumbled into yoga and recovered. So that's my little spiel to start out. But what I want to do now is, is I want to bring our guest in. Um, our guest is a very, very special woman. She has been in the yoga community for many, many years. I met her in 1998 when I went to the Bikram Yoga teacher training in Los Angeles. And she is one of the first 100 Bikram yoga teachers in the world. And that's huge because I don't know how many there are now, but 16, 18,000 teachers, and she's one of the first and got that one-on-one -on -one experience with Bikram on really learning what yoga is. But wait, not only did, did she go through the Bikram yoga teacher training, she also went through Bikram's advanced training. She's one of the few people that also went through the advanced trainings that Bikram used to conduct. But wait, there's more. She's had like five other, you know, really different but outstanding teacher trainings over the years. So she's highly in-depth in what she does. She's a true expert, a true yoga master. And here she is. She, she lives in a, a little town in Central Oregon, and I like to call her studio the biggest little studio in the world because she has this little teeny tiny studio, but these people flock to her to come to her studio. <laughs> so let me introduce her now, my friend, Eva Vidal. Eva, hi. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me on your Falling um, Up radio show today. Yeah, it's really great to, to have you here. And I, I really wanted you to be... Again, really the, the first one of five yoga guests this month because of who you are and where you came from and the, the fact that you were one of the original Bikram yoga teachers. Yes, thank so, you. Yeah, so let's jump right into it. I know a little bit about your story, but 
you know, the listeners may not know who you are. So maybe briefly tell us who you are. I know you came from Oklahoma, and somehow you made it to Los Angeles, and then you, you made it up, up the West Coast to Oregon. Um, so how did you start yoga? Was, was something going on in your life, or what happened? Well, Michael, I started yoga around um, 1992, and at that time in my life, I was uh, a full-blown court reporter, paralegal. I was working in law firms and um, just, um, you know, having a great life. Um, However, um, I was experiencing, I was a runner. Basically, I was a runner. Um, I loved to do 5Ks, 10Ks. Um, um, it was a great experience. Um, but during all of that um, beating up of my body, I created and developed some sciatic nerve issues in my, in my body that um, caused me a lot of pain, especially when I was sitting and working at my desk. Um, you know, and so... Um, Um, To try to remedy that, um, I started going to a chiropractor, and um, I was mentioning before that um, I joined a chiropractor like anybody would join a yoga class. I mean, I signed up. I was ready to go, so I was going two and three times a week. So now, why why, why were you going to this chiropractor? Was it the knees, or was it the back, or did you have herniated disc, or what was going on? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I had a lot of tension in my neck, but mostly it was back pain. It was sciatic pain. So um, I would say back and hip, you know, in my hips. And so I would go to these chiropractors and they would do these um, adjustments on me. And then I felt like I could, um, you know, walk again and run again. And so um, that was the cycle I was on. Go to the chiropractor, run again. Go to the chiropractor, run again. And how often were you going to the chiropractor? So I was going two or three times a week, and I did this for a good, almost a decade, to be honest. What? Almost a decade. It was a really long time. Through most of my 20s, I went, and um, and thank goodness I did, because it was very helpful, and that was um, my only alternative um, to medicine that I knew about at the time. Either you were running a lot, or you somehow... I. I mean, two to three times a week for 10 years is a long time to go to a chiropractor. Yeah, I went to a chiropractor that long, but I was dedicated to it. They made me feel better. And you must have been in a lot of pain. Yes, I was in a lot of pain, but I kept redoing it over and over again. I was not changing um, my movements. I was not changing my mindset or the actions. So it was just repetitive. Yeah. So. Now, you had some other issues that came up as well and I'll I'll let you share as much of that as as you would like but where did that come in well simultaneously um I was developing um what a lot of women are very familiar with called endometriosis endometriosis is um is um a problem for women um during our menstrual cycle where we um have we basically lose control of it and the the um there is a lot of um excess um um uh, uh flow in the body that um is very painful it's very painful in the back it's very painful in the groins and in the hips and um so at that time um the remedy was to um do surgery so over a period of maybe 6 or 7 years i probably had at least 5 uh of these endometriosis surgeries that wow. were temporary they were temporary it kept coming back 
Yeah. So I was, was that simultaneous with going to the chiropractor that you were experiencing this? Yes, this was all happening in my 20s. I was, I was running, I was going to the chiropractor, I was having sciatic nerve pain, um, so, um, and then this endometriosis, um, and all of this was going on in my body. Um, I couldn't figure out uh, what was happening, um, so I just kept going back to the doctor and getting surgeries and getting chiropractic adjustments. Um, those were the only things I, that were giving me relief that I knew about at the time. Sure. And were you still in Oklahoma or where were you? I was in um, Southern California. I was in Orange County at the time. So there were some wonderful um, um, things happening in um, Southern California at that time. A lot of alternative um, um, uh, remedies were showing up at that time. So I feel very grateful to be in an area where chiropractic was available. And when your first yoga class, when did you step into your first yoga class and what kind of what drove you there? I mean, did a friend bring you there? How did you hear about it? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I was um, having also uh, some emotional pain that um, was sort of a leftover from my teenage years. And I think that's pretty um, common for a lot of teenagers to experience some emotional pain. And it was still in my body at that time. And um, so I was... Um, so I was going to the chiropractor, I was going, um, you know, having the endometriosis, but I was also trying to take care of my mind. So I was going to counseling too at the same time. And through my counseling sessions, you know, um, I, I was, a, I guess I became aware that, that I needed to make myself happy, basically. Mm -hmm. So I started trying to remember when was the last time I was happy? What was I doing? How can I recreate that? So, so without trying to be too personal, where were you, were you feeling anxiety and depression from your teenage years? And I think I labeled it as depression. Um, I think now I think I would label it as a sadness, almost like a, like a sadness that was stuck in my, in my body. Um, and, um, so I think, um, I was, the purpose of the counseling was trying to recall, um, a time in my life that I didn't have that and, and try to recreate that. Yeah. And so, um, ultimately that was what I got out of, uh, of counseling, um, was how can I recreate a happiness for myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. And when, when, when you walked in that first yoga class, when you still in counseling and what type of yoga was it? So, um, so when I decided that I was going to take matters into my own hands and I let my, the counselor at that time know that that would be my last session. One of the things that she said to me was very profound. It was very simple. And she, she's the one that said, well, try to remember when you were happy and, and make that, you know, part, part of who you are. Remember, try to remember. So at that time, of course, you know, I, I was born in the 60s. So in the 70s, uh, you know, uh, Jack LaLanne was a big part of my life. You know, he was someone that I always remember. Jane Fonda had all these great videos out at the time. Um, I knew about aerobics and things like that. So, so from that mind 
set or from that thought process, I, I was aha, well, I did gymnastics. So, so with the combination of all those kind of things, um, I just naturally went to uh, find some information about stretching. So I was going to recreate this world of gymnastics on an adult level by doing deep stretching. And I ended up finding a book by Beryl Bindle Birch and it changed oh. It changed my life. It was power yoga, basically, Ashtanga yoga, and it changed my life. Yeah. So was she the first person that you went to, or, or where is the first place you went to a yoga class? She was not. She was the first book that I read, and um, the book is, I still have it. It's tattered. It's marked. It's colored. It's everything. I, it was my Bible. Um, the first yoga class that I went to was um, Yoga Works. Now, Yoga Works actually started in Los Angeles, and they had a second branch in um, Orange County. So mm -hmm. I would show up to these classes. Um, they were Ashtanga classes. I'd already knew it because I studied Beryl Bender Birch's Power Yoga book. So um, uh, By the way, I had that book, too, and, and I've been to her classes as well. It's a, I've, I've, I still yet to go to her personally, but she's still a mentor of mine. I, I love that book. It taught me word for word how to breathe, everything. It was amazing. So I went to Yoga Works um, and my met my first yoga teacher. Her name was Dawn. And of course, you never forget your first yoga teacher. <laughs> so um, she changed my life. Uh -huh. changed my life. And, and then she was teaching Ashtanga. Was it tr more traditional Ashtanga? Or? It was very traditional. It was um, one of the things that really appealed to me, um, the way that Dawn taught it was... Um, if I can say this word, she didn't dumb it down. Like the whole time, it was all in Sanskrit. It was taught exactly the way it was taught to her. It was very traditional and um, there was no holding back. There was just no holding back. And so um, um, I was, uh, I didn't want to be her, but I wanted to be like her, you know, yeah. I, just in, in, in mind and body and presence and presence. And, you know, I was in the corporate world and, and, you know, I was just being open and introduced to this whole other piece of the world. And I wanted some of it. So you know, it sounds so, like you had like an, this immediate connection to it. I would say it was immediate. And um, I felt like I kind of found my purpose, uh, you know, of, 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 how to heal myself through movement, you know, um, it made me feel better than anything else I had done that far. So, you know, now the yoga. Yeah, now, now the yoga. So, so how I, long did you go to her before you tried some other type of yoga? So um, I was a student with Dawn um, for at least maybe four years. And um, at that same studio is where I met my second yoga teacher and her name was Kim mm -hmm. and uh, Kim is uh, still near and dear to my heart um, she introduced me to the Bikram yoga and of course she was not did not have her own studio at the time so when I first learned Bikram yoga it was not in the heat so um, this was a very powerful young lady who um, came out of Bikram training and did everything she possibly could to spread the message and get people on board with this Bikram yoga. And I was interested, um, but I was still very much attached to my Ashtanga yoga. Um, so there was a little bit of an overlap there. Sure. Were you at that point, were you still going to chiropractors and having surgeries or had that already gone away? 
the surgeries had gone away because um, when I was practicing with Ashtanga for those four years, um, being on my stomach, a lot of the postures that um, like the cobra poses and the, the, the Donyurasanas, the bow poses, the poses that were putting pressure on my abdomen, you know, were actually um, um, healing me from that. Simultaneously, I did a huge um, dietary change and I became a vegetarian at that time. And um, so the elimination of alcohol um, I think when you first start yoga, because I was a partier like everybody else, um, I, you know, there was less drinking, there was less um, 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 animal protein, um, there was more yoga, and there was more pressure. I mean, so just the combination. So suddenly, a, a little bit at a time, I actually did wean myself off of all surgeries and all chiropractic, although I'm a true believer in chiropractic, but I just didn't need it anymore. Did, did you feel at one point, like with the chiropractor, with the surgeries, that um, I don't know if this is the right term, I don't want to lead you to anything, but it was, was it almost like you were going to have to live with that the rest of your life? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't want to live like that. I, I think intuitively I knew there, it wasn't necessary it wasn't necessary, you know, and if I could just find the key to my body and the key to what worked for me, that I could fix it. And I believe that. Yeah. And I think. So, would, would you say in the first four or five years of your yoga practice, you're able to let go of all of that and essentially through the yoga heal your body? Absolutely. A absolutely. I, I think just by, you know, after after being a running and running's fine too you know but that was my repetitive movement I guess if you will so I think when I started doing yoga it was more of an all over body it was a whole body holistic um joints tendons you know every uh, muscles uh, skeletal system um all of my my nervous system um all the systems I think were being worked so it was healing me from the inside out versus trying to um, fix it from the outside in. Yeah. So, you know. so how long had you been practicing yoga, whether it was a stronger or starting with the Bikram, when you realized you wanted to like become a teacher or do more yoga? <laughs> um, so when I, when I decided to make a lifestyle change and really um, I, I don't really recall thinking, oh, I'm going to be a yoga teacher or I want to be a yoga teacher. What I wanted was to immerse myself in yoga. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to be around like-minded people and I wanted to learn, basically. I wanted to learn. I wanted a bigger piece of life basically. So when my teacher Kim asked me um, to teach one day, um, um, you know, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And I felt like that, um, that if I was going to teach that I wanted to do this, you know, go to proper training. And she, she wanted you to teach a Bikram class. She wanted me to teach a Bikram class. I was not certified at the time. And being the type of person that I am, I felt like, 
I needed to go through this training. So of course, right away, I went up to Los Angeles. I drove up there and I met Bikram and um, it was very dynamic. But even then, I still had my love for Ashtanga and I can still remember sitting in a little sandwich shop looking at both Ashtanga training and Bikram training. And I was truly on the fence. I loved them both. I love it. What, what, do you remember what year this was? Or? Uh, this was probably 1996. 96. 96. Yeah. And what was it? I mean, I was kind of in the same boat that that's interesting because, you know, I did a lot of Ashtanga initially as well. Yes. And then started doing the, the hot yoga and thought it was hot, sweaty, and stupid kind of stuff. And yeah. Would, would go back to Ashtanga and would do that more, but founding, found myself gravitating more and more to the hot yoga because it did something different to my body than what I was experiencing in Ashtanga. And I felt more healing for myself beginning to emerge. You know, it wasn't right away. It took a little bit, yeah. but it came out. So what was it sitting in that little cafe you got Ashtanga and Bikram on one side. What, what was the trigger for you to go to Bikram? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say most of it was the heat. Mm. It was the heat. I, I agree with you, Michael, or I, or I had a similar situation where there was something about the heat with my body that opened me. It opened my heart. It opened my more than just my pores or my shoulder joints and everything. It did all of that and then some. It opened my heart. And when I went to, um, to explore it, so uh, I didn't have really a place to go to really explore the um, Ashtanga training, um, but I had a, 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 some, a, a, an actual bricks and mortars and a real guide that I could go and visit. So when I went to visit Bikram and I took a class up there, it was the community. It was the heat. It was the community. It was the people. And, um, and was, was that at Wilshire and Robertson there in LA? Is that where you first went? Yes. Wilshire and Robertson. Yeah. Exactly. Above, above the furniture store. I remember that. Above the furniture store, noisy, uh, smoggy, uh, loud, um, smelly. <laughs> yeah. Just a brief story. I, I remember once being in that studio and, and telling Bikram, I said, it's awfully noisy here. Wouldn't it be nice if you had a quiet studio someplace, you know, someplace quiet? He said, oh, no, noisy much better. He said, <laughs> to still your mind in the noise, you can do it anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, and, and also, you know, when I went there, there were people from all walks of life. And uh, I never thought of myself as, as being sheltered. But when I got around the Beacom community, there were people from all over the world. And mm -hmm. the aroma of, of, of um, the, the <laughs> practice itself and then Indian. Oh, you, you mean the slap? The sweat. And then, of course, you know, that particular studio um, had a kitchen. And so, you know, there were the, you know, it, the Indian food smell. It, it was just sort of a whole package for me that I just had to have more. I yeah. had to have more. I had to, I had to, I really felt like I needed to leave the comfort of my, of what I had, you know, of my normal life, what I would call my normal life and, and just 
you know, for that next three or four months, just see what happens. Yeah. You know, see what happens. So did you totally stop Ashtanga at that point or were you still doing a little bit? Um, that's a good question. I never stopped Ashtanga. Um, I still will sometime in my personal practice, it'll, it'll come out of me yeah. still to this day. Um, but while I was actually doing the Bikram training, um, I did stop. I did stop and I only focused, um, I stopped everything. You know, I didn't drink. I practiced celibacy during that time. I got off caffeine. I got off sugar. And, um, and I only, you know, I gave 100% of my time, focus, and energy in that practice and in that um, training. And for me, that paid off. And I also showed up for myself every day, for instance, um, I got front and center. I would just go straight in front of Bikram every class, no matter how sore or how pitiful <laughs> I felt that day, you know. So I didn't hold back in that training. And when, when, when you were in that training, did you actually live at the studio? I lived in a couple of places. Um, I stayed there a couple of times. Um, I actually stayed... Uh, I rented a place for a little while. I stayed in my car once or twice. You know, I was in it for the long run. Like, it didn't matter. You know, suddenly my comforts weren't as important as what I was gaining at the time. The whole experience was uncomfortable. The whole experience was uncomfortable. But um, the most uncomfortable thing is being in a house. Uh, uh, I think there was a house rented in Beverly Hills or somewhere there, a Bel Air or something, and there were... Uh, about I think 30 something of us mm -hmm. and uh, we were all in that same house and I almost lost my mind <laughs> so that because was all the people yeah all the people so I struggled with that and didn't stay so I did leave that situation and and again um, um, I stayed in my car a couple of times I rented a place a couple of times uh, I had some friends up there and I would house sit if I could so I kind of moved around a little bit I, uh, it was a little bit unstable but that was part of my process yeah. You know, how, how grounded can I be while being unstable? Yeah. <laughs> but now, I now Bikram too has, has been known to have a, a pretty strong presence yeah. and style in the way that um, he teaches and pushes those in training. How yeah. did, did you like that? Were you resistant <laughs> to it? Where, where were you with that? I loved it. You um, loved it? I loved it. The first day, um, so, you know, um, the first class that I ever took with Bikram, when he walked into the room and we all stood up and he said, toes on the line, everybody touch your toes on the line. You know, that, you know, that's, you know, when I had that, uh, I'm shaking, I'm going to cry. It was one of those experience. I did cry. It was one of those experiences of letting go, but also being in, uh, excited about this discipline. Like I heard the discipline in his voice. Um, yeah. I felt uh, we, we took a class with the general public. So there were all of us new people there, but there were also people who had been practicing with him for a long time. You know, so, I got to stop you there for a moment because Bikram yeah. is also known as um, kind of the yogi to the star. So who was showing up when, when, when you were around? Let's see. Um, Raquel Welch. I mean, let, let us know. The, the person that stands out the most to me was Raquel Welch because, you know, I'm a woman, she's a woman, and she was gorgeous, you know. And, um, you know, um, 
she was someone I grew up watching, you know, so to have her, you know, next to me or in front of me, you know, uh, suffering just like me, you know, um, was a reality. You know, it was real. It was real for me. Yeah. Who, who else besides um, the basketball player, Abdul Jabbar, I mean, Great. Yeah, Kareem was in there, and um, you know, and of course, you're you can't believe how tall the guy is. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, just amazing. And um, let's see, I can't really, I don't really recall. Yes, or Martin Short. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't. They weren't. They didn't stand out to me like, say, Raquel did, or yeah. um, you know, Kareem. Um, but you know, they were they uh, were. Excuse me. Shirley McLean. Shirley McLean, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they were all in there. I forgot about. I forgot about that. So. Yeah. And you, they were probably awestruck about you. Well, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I sure gave a hundred percent, though, and yeah. um, it was a wonderful experience. But um, I just knew instantly that I was about to get a discipline that. Um, I was, I wanted, but I also had fear about, you know, um, there was a nervousness in it because, but, you know, cause I wanted to live up to it. I wanted to live up to, to what, whatever was inside of me. I wanted it to come out. I wanted to, to, to experience that, you know, so it's a very emotional, you know, to be in front of a master, um, and you feel, um, you feel transparent. You feel transparent. Yeah. And now it's interesting because, I mean, although there's the physical aspect of discipline of coming up, put you, putting your toes on the line, doing the yoga in a certain way, the discipline is still very much a internal practice and maybe more on the mind side of the mind-body interaction, right? I agree. What, what I heard you say was about that craving, that discipline. What did that discipline give you? emotionally perhaps that you didn't have before i think on an on an emotional level that i couldn't change whatever it was that i was emotional about i couldn't change it but like the old saying goes i could change the way i looked at it the mm. way that i perceived it and the way that i was going to carry it through the rest of my life you know um that was important to me you know, when I realized I couldn't change it, um, there's sort of an empty feeling until you get to where you accept it. But I think there's something beyond acceptance. I think that, um, you know, it just gave me the ability to know that as I went on through my life, it was, it was going to soften and I would be able to manipulate it, I, so to speak, in a way that I could live with it. So was it almost like, I mean, some people would say this, that um, the problems that we perceive that we have really just kind of go away when we focus on something else. And like, in your case, it sounds like that discipline gave you something that allowed those perceived problems to just begin to go away. Yeah, they begin to go away because, you know, when when the mind starts well, you quit blaming yourself, you know, you quit. And I'm not saying not taking responsibility. That's different. Yeah. So you can take responsibility, but not feel blamed or, or shame, shame, really shame. 
shame was more, shame was a bigger issue to me than blame. Mm. You know, so I think um, so having uh, tools to dissolve, you know, those emotional uh, things that drain you day after day after day after day. So, yes, it gave me something else to think about, whether than being on that cycle, that mental cycle of just repeating it in my head every day, every day. Yeah. Um, so that was a that was a revelation for me. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I was. Mm -hmm early 30s so yeah. so um, keep going I, I know one of the things I mean you, you went to the Beekman training in 97 and Beekman wrote his first book and it's got the, a red cover on it <laughs> yeah. and I know you are also featured in, in that book what was that experience like well well Beekman had the red book and he also duplicated or wrote a second one, the blue book. And I'm actually in the blue book. Oh, the blue book, right. Yeah, yeah. So that was a wonderful experience. I felt very honored to be in the book. Um, um, again, going back to my training, I was 100% in. I was 100% in. I showed up. I showed up on time. I got in the front row. And I felt like I got acknowledged for my commitment to that training and to yoga at large. And so Bikram, one of the ways that Bikram acknowledged me was he, um, when we did our graduation, he asked me to be in the uh, performance that mm -hmm. we had on stage at the end, which was lovely because I got to do it for the general public. It was the first time I really performed yoga for the general public. So I felt honored to do that. Then um, at that ceremony, Wait, wait, was that at Olympic Park? Yes. Yep. Yes, in Beverly Hills, I yep. believe. Yep. And my mom was there, you know, and my boyfriend was there, and, um, you know, um, all the people that I loved was there. And so that was really special for them to see me go through that, you know, have that experience and change, you know, and change. Um, so during that ceremony, unbeknownst to me, Bikram at that time would give out uh, trophies for uh, – uh, you know, uh, outstanding postures or um, outstanding students. So I was able to um, receive and accept gracefully um, a trophy from him for outstanding postures. So um, that, that was a really surprise. I didn't know that was coming, um, but I was really excited about that. And then a couple of months after that, um, he was doing some photos for his book, um, the, in the blue book. And so, you know, he gives me a call and asks me to stop over to his house. And um, that's what I did. And there was a big photography, uh, pho photographers there. And we just went out by his swimming pool, as you know, that the famous swimming pool. And uh, we just did the postures. And he just sat and walked me through them all and said, do this, right shoulder here, left shoulder back, calm down more, relax, relax, you know, and then so it was it was fantastic and um so i got a little little mention in the book so yeah i think i have three postures in the book so yeah um, yeah yeah so so that must have felt really good so so from there you went through the training and um you 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 opened eventually you had two studios is that right in southern california 
So after I, my training, um, I went to, I met a gentleman who was opening his second studio in Seattle. So I had a great experience right out of the, right out of training. I got to go and basically manage his studio while he built his second one. So I got some really good training um, as far as the business goes. Um, I, then I ultimately went back down to Orange County and worked for my original teacher, Kim. I loved her. So I was still working with her. But as an aside, I opened a small little shop and did privates and one-on-one and small groups, one-on-one and small groups. And, um, And so that was kind of my first studio. And then the second studio, I actually bought from Kim. She had the uh, original uh, Bikram Yoga Studio in Orange County. Um, And then um, I got married and owned that studio with my husband. And then this is my third studio. So two of them were Bikram Studios and one of them actually was just more of a therapy, um, you know, where I taught, I got referrals from doctors. And so we would do um, yoga, yoga therapy. Yeah. So, so you were in California, you had these studios and then you moved, I, I believe to the Eugene area. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you worked at the studio over there. Yeah. I, so I worked with Amy at the Bikram Yoga College of India in Eugene. Wonderful experience. Um, um, different you know it's different um so um that was a great experience for me because one of the things um you know we get in ruts we get in these ruts as teachers like anything else and i i know amy would ask me to do things that i had never done before especially after being a business owner um i didn't do anything i didn't want to do (laughs) you know i was my own boss so i you know if there was something i was afraid of or for instance, demonstrating while teaching. That was something that um, I, I wasn't good at. Um, I didn't know how to do it. Um, I didn't want to do it. Um, I had resistance to it. So yeah. one of the requirements was that um, um, we had to do that um, X amount of times for X amount of classes, you know, to teach and demonstrate. It was horrifying, It was, but it, but it worked. Yeah. You know, yeah. It definitely put me to... Um, get over some fears. So kudos to Amy. <laughs> now, full disclosure to all, to all those that listen are listening is I tried for several years <laughs> to get you to move to the Bend area and to come to work at my studio. It probably took two years, maybe even three. I can't remember. And then eventually you decided to move over here. That's correct. Yeah. So it took two years. I, I know we had at least two, maybe three interviews. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I really didn't have an interest in Bend at the time. Um, the only thing I knew about it was snow. And um, um, the biggest interest I had was my husband uh, was into cycling at the time and really wanted to um, cycle bend. Who doesn't want to cycle bend? If you're a cyclist, you want to cycle bend, right? Yeah. So um, um, that kind of resonated with me. Um, so um, ultimately we came and that was a, also a great experience uh, working with you as well, Michael. And uh, same thing happened actually in your studio where I know a lot of times where you gave us exercises to 
um, to teach a class this way, teach a class sitting up, teach a class sitting down, giving corrections, no correct, you know, all the different um, exercises that we went through, um, you know, that I probably wouldn't have done on my own. So, and I did have resistance to all of that, if you remember, but um, ultimately breaking out of our shells and, and, and um, you know, and trying different things is how I think we ultimately find our yoga voice, our teaching voice. So I'm grateful for all those experiences. Well, it's interesting. You, you make, you, I heard you say that the breaking out of the shells as a teacher, and I heard you say that when you came to your practice that part of what you were doing is breaking out of your shell. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So yeah. there's like different levels of that breakout or whatever you want to call it. Well, there's different levels because I think for me, one of the things that I'm aware of and crave is authenticity. And I don't believe I've been authentic my whole life. I'm, I may be not be now for all I know, but I'm trying to be. Um, and I know we have to emulate um, before we can innovate. But there comes a time in your life where you just have to innovate. You have to, um, you know, um, be authentic. And that's difficult. I, I find that very difficult. The yoga has helped me with that. Um, even getting on the podium, um, you know, is, was a, a, a huge thing for me. You know, it was a huge thing for me, um, speaking in public, um, speaking on this video, all those things. But yoga kind of gives you courage, maybe, I mean, it, it kind of gives you courage, you know, instead of taking a, a shot of courage, <laughs> you, know, you can, you know, you, you, you use yoga for, for courage and, and, you know, to open up your body and, and just try to be more authentic. I have to work on that every day, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, that's, courage and being authentic and all that? Being authentic and using my voice, you know, I mean, still to this day, um, you know, I'm very inspired by all of my yoga teachers and, you know, when I get online or if I, you know, I mean, these, this stuff I read, you know, so I often want to move away from that and write my own stuff, say my own stuff, but what do I, you know, and that just being authentic and it's not easy. Yeah. yeah it's not yeah, easy. So. Now, now I, I consider you, you to be um, really quite insightful for many reasons, but the one that I'm going to mention right now is somehow you were insightful enough to snag the name hotyogastudio.com many years ago. And um, you haven't told this to me, but that's probably a million-dollar name. I mean, really. I mean, today, hotyogastudio.com has got to be extremely valuable. I mean, if somebody came and gave you a million dollars today, <laughs> For your name, would you take it and rename your studio something else? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, for a million dollars, I probably would. That's yeah. an interesting story. Um, I'd like to take credit for it, but the story is is that my um, the original owner of Bikram Yoga College of India, Costa Mesa, my first teacher, again, Kim, um, she and her husband decided to change the name when they owned it. Mm -hmm. And um, they did a big survey out to all the students. And I remember they were giving, I can't remember what the prize was, if it was free yoga or money or whatever, but uh, there was sort of a survey and everybody got to uh, put in their 
ideas of what the yoga studio should be called. And um, I don't remember who won. I just remember that's how the process happened, but that's what they came up with. And we didn't, I didn't like it at the time. I'm like, you know, you know, but that's, so when I then bought the student, so I, uh, the studio, I then acquired that name. Ah, uh, well, that was a smart move. It was yeah. probably just the name. Yes. And so when I bought the studio, actually, I bought the whole thing, you know, so luckily I had that. Well, I never changed it um, because it did grow on me. And it, as time went on, it did, you know, come to me that, wow, this is a great name. But I still didn't know how great it was until a lot of Bikram studios then became hot yoga studios. Yeah. And so now I get emails and calls and things you know for people interested if you ever don't want it please contact me and things yeah, like that. yeah I bet yeah you, have you ever had the name appraised I have not should we do it it might be an interesting <laughs> thing to, to, to see what the appraised value is yeah uh, you like know it's know. always different the actual market value but yeah very true yeah. But I, I wanted to mention here as, as we get closer towards the, the end of our time today um, you do today have, again, I affectionately call it the biggest little studio in the world. Uh, yes. And you, you have this core group of students that keep coming. And I mean, your knowledge and your belief and your background is truly a gift in that, stu in that studio and to um, the town that you teach in. And to, to me, that's remarkable that you've maintained that commitment um, all this time over the years. And every day you got people coming in, you know, and, and I know um, you mentioned that Saturday's class was, was packed. Yes. Was one, of, one of your biggest classes. And, um, it must feel good to know that people are coming and that you're helping them um, have their breakthroughs, perhaps like, like your breakthroughs. Yeah, I'm very honored to do that. I, I'm very honored to be the person to do that. And, and in that vein, I'd like to say that, yes, this is my third studio. And like I said, the first one was just, I got referrals. People referred to me, doctors. And then the second one, of course, I bought that studio from someone else. This is the first one that I've actually built one student at a time. So those students are all very precious to me, you know, and um, getting to know them and um, hearing, you know, why they're coming to yoga. Um, I can relate, you know, I mean, I've had some emotional, you know, issues. I've had to um, curve my appetite for um, non-healthy beverages. <laughs> you know, uh, you know um, I, I've spent a lot of time in chiropractors where I felt like Humpty Dumpty, I got to put myself back together again. You know, I've experienced a lot of sadness. I've also had some knee issues, you know, over the years that I've cured or healed through yoga. Um, I've had some um, uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, that I've healed and uh, dislocated shoulders, you know, so I wouldn't say everything that they come in with I've experienced, but a lot of it. And I feel like regardless of the pain, the, the, what's behind it, I think we all share, you know, the, the, what's behind the pain, you know, or what, how we, our emotional state, you know, um, behind 
whatever pain it is, you know, we're all human. I think we all can share, we can relate, we can sympathize and empathize and have compassion for. Sure. So I get it. I get it. So what would you say, I mean, oftentimes somebody that hasn't tried yoga and maybe more so with hot yoga um, is that there's a little bit of fear about coming in. They're not quite sure whether people are going to look at them or whether it's too hot or whether it's too hard. How would you perhaps encourage that wannabe student, never done yoga before student, walk into a yoga studio anywhere in the world? How would you help them do that? Or what would you say, that breakthrough? I think, I think one of the things that stops us from, from coming in um, is expectations of, of themselves. Um, you know, they used to be strong and they don't feel strong, or maybe they used to be in shape and they're not in shape or they don't feel like they're in shape. I think the expectations that we put on ourselves to be um, what we're not or what we used to be, really. I, I find that more than anything uh, that people or students, um, including me, you know, even when I first started, you know, because I came from a gymnastic background, you know, so if I couldn't do that again, well, why even bother? You know, so I, I think it's the expectation. So if I would say anything, you know, drop the expectations, open the mind, drop the heart, don't have any expectations of yourself. And um, someone may look at you, but not for very long because yoga is difficult. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's really all you can muster just to kind of stay in your own center. So sure. you're always going to look around and see who's in the room. We, we, you know, we're building a community here, you know, and we're going to see ourselves in these people. So it's good to look around, you know, and you're probably going to know somebody, you know, which is then even better. And if you don't, then you're going to meet people, you know, so, but don't be scared, let go of the expectations and uh, you can do this. Yeah. You know, yoga's for everybody. Yeah. Now without necessarily naming names. Okay. Um, is there a student that pops into your mind, either a current student at your studio or maybe a past student that started coming and, and they maybe had multiple challenges emotionally or physically, um, maybe things that you didn't even know that the yoga could help, that somehow their life has changed today as a result of coming or doing yoga? Yeah, so without naming names, um, you know, I've had this studio for three years now, and it's in its building. So my, I guess my, the person that I'm visualizing is actually from my old studio. Um, but, you know, I, I witnessed people, student coming in, eager. Um, a lot of those students will ask to be, help you. Can I clean mirrors for you? Can, you know, so you kind of can, you know, they'll start out by wanting to be part of it, you know, and then, um, then they want to teach. And, you know, so some of those students um, are on their own studios now in Orange County. So, you know, some of the ones that just started as students and then I worked with them and, um, and, you know, they're owning their own student, you know, studios. So yeah. I've seen tremendous changes mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, yeah. All over the board, all across the board. Well, I, I know some of the students or some of the people that go to your studio, and I know some of them 
um, have really overcome a lot, even though they came in with that fear. Um, and you can see the change pretty quickly oh, yeah. begin to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that breakthrough, that lightening up, that opening up, that, oh, that shoulder injury, you know, that old yeah. injury is going away or that I don't feel as stressful. I don't yell at my husband or wife as much. And, yeah. yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it really goes deep. It, it it really does go deep, and um, and I think they they and just like me too, they can't believe they've done it. You know, they get so excited. You know, um, so you go through that kind of euphoric uh, feeling. You know, you're you're very excited that you you know got in there. That's half half the battle is just getting here. You know, so that I think you know we go through that, and then you know you feel the results immediately, immediately. But then after even a few weeks, a month, sometimes less, you start to see those results, you know, so, so any a student that's on their, you know, their, their introductory special, you know, can very well see results in 30 days, you know, and so, yes, I hear all those stories, you yeah. know, that they change physically. Yeah, and I know sometimes with new students, I mean, they may find some of those immediate results, but then think, well, this isn't going to help for my hip or my back or whatever, and they quit coming, so they don't get the benefit that they could if they continue to come. So I know one of the things with new students, I mean, it's important. I mean, some of the stuff that you moved through took a couple of years to move yes. Yeah, well, I always feel like the yoga gives you what you need, not necessarily what you want, mm. right? Mm. So also, I think we, if we can just kind of watch the mindset about, I mentioned expectations, but also fixing yourself. You know, yes, we want to heal our shoulder. We want to, you know, but the, in our knees and our hips and our back, especially, you know, everybody has back aches, um, you know, but... Uh, it's a process, you know, and one of the, the very first thing I learned in Bikram yoga is to trust the process, you know, so if I could instill that in everybody that walks in the door, that would be, um, that would be a blessing for me and, and, and take away the sense of urgency, just take away the sense of urgency. Um, you know, you may come in for your shoulder, but you may get stronger knees before your shoulder heal you know so I, I think the yoga can work magic and it's gonna it's gonna take care of the places you know one at a time we can't come in and fix all these things but it will definitely give you you know uh, what you need at that time so just be open be you know in the words of both of our teacher Emmy you know be consistent and persistent yeah you know yeah. And trust the process. I mean, w these are the things we learned, Michael, and, and they're still true. They're, they were true then, they're true now. Yeah. You know? So and, and as we wrap up the show, um, is there like briefly maybe a couple of other thoughts or ideas that you have about yoga that could particularly help a new student or um, that's just come into yoga or perhaps somebody, again, that hasn't quite come? Just briefly, you know, maybe a couple of thoughts or ideas. So if you're a new student um, and you want to come take a yoga class, the first thing I would do is go to the website, read, see what's going on. 
okay, read what's going on and, and, and take all the tips, like come to class hydrated, um, come early, you know, meet the teacher, you know, get familiar with the facilities, you know, um, um, I would say that um, be prepared, you know, you know, prepare yourself for a life-changing experience because I think all yoga is um, absolutely life-changing. I don't care who you are, you know, it, you know, even if you, I always feel like yoga, even if a student doesn't come back, they never forget it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's a really a light bulb of, of, it's a study of yourself. So there's a lot that can be revealed even in that first class. So just come with an open heart, an open mind, drop the expectations, um, you know, read the website, give us a call, you know, call your studio, you know, ask questions, you know, um, they're there to help. We're here to help. You know, yeah. we, we've all been there. We've all had our first class, yeah. you know, so. Now, I, I want to come back to your website. It's okay. hotyogastudio.com. Yeah. So if somebody wants to find out more information about your studio, or perhaps contact you, they can do that through hotyogastudio.com. Or if they, they live in this area particularly, they could um, check out your classes there and your schedule and, and everything from right there, correct? Yes. Yeah. You know, so we have flyers on the window. We have, you know, we have Facebook. We have an Instagram account. You know, we have our um, website. And, and I'm always here, you know, an hour before class, an hour after class. You know, we have a class every day. Um, yeah. Or give us a call, you know. One, one of the best things about you as a teacher and knowing you is that um, you're very much wanting to be of service and to help to all, all the students and, and to help nurture them along the way. And, and that's a, an attribute that you have that I've always admired. Well, thank you, Michael. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it maybe at some point I felt like it was an obligation, you know, that I did. I really felt like it was an obligation to let people know. And now it's a, it's a purpose, you know, it's, it's just in me, you know, uh, you know um, it's my favorite subject. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's my favorite, it's my favorite subject. I love talking about it. I love talking about my experience, other people's experience. It's a never ending subject. Yeah. As you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's time to wrap up. Don't go anywhere though. So we can okay. chat for a minute. What, once we're done here, okay. again, we've been with, with Eva Vidal, um, one of the, the most talented, longest running. <laughs> Uh, not only Bikram yoga teachers, one of the original Bikram yoga teachers in the world, but one, one of the most long-running, lasting yoga teachers, period, anywhere. <laughs> Well-trained in, in a lot of depth. So check her, check her um, website out at highyogastudio.com or go to her Facebook page. It's also Hot Yoga Studio on Facebook. Is that correct? That's correct. Great. And... Um, you know, somewhere on this page, there's probably a link to this book, which was number one in yoga, stress, and recovery. And you can go in and you can get a, a free book. I just asked you to pay a little bit of shipping. But you also get the free ebook right away, so you can download it and read it right away. And it, uh, it's got some inspirational stuff in there about yoga. So thank you again, Eva, for being here. I would love to have you back sometime in, in the future to talk perhaps more in depth. Are you willing to do that? I'm willing to do it, Michael. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Yeah, yeah great. I love talking to you. Okay, and, and hold on, and um, 
we'll wrap it up. And again, this is Michael Harris with Eva Vidal on Falling Up Radio, and talk to you guys soon.